Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1232 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Been racing through things. We've done our top story today for legacy heating and cooling. Brian Burke coming up at 105 for Canadian Power Pack. Uh, dipped into the orders now. Audio Vault for direct workwear. Did NHL today for elite promotional marketing. Uh, Brendan, are we good to go here? Sorry, I was uh, on the other line, Brendan, during the break. I think you're just back in the studio. Just that's one of the yeah. Uh, actually, our our next guest is also on the other line, so maybe a couple our- text messages here, and then we'll get to Brian. Okay. Uh, again, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. Uh, Bob, who was the female 80s singer you just mentioned? I didn't mention one. It might have been somebody else texting the show. Oh, Bonnie Tyler. Did I mention Bonnie Tyler? Was that it? Yeah, I think maybe we talked. Uh, this text comes in. Bob, my pipe dream for the offseason is as follows. Trade the first-round pick in 2021 for Darcy Kemper. Trade Larson for a second to make room for Caleb Jones. Keep the first-round pick and draft Seth Jarvis or Jack Quinn. Trade Chason for Bjork and Cassian for Brett Connolly, as rumored. Sign Tyler Bozak for a third-round center. Uh, keep uh, remaining powder drive until next year when more cap space becomes available. Well, Bozak's got a year left in his deal, so you'd have to trade for him. He's a $5 million cap hit. Uh, Boston and Edmonton could make sense. Righty-lefty, that could make uh, sense there. Brett Connolly for Cassian. I could see Florida wanting to get a little bit more tougher. Um, I don't know at this stage if Adam Larson gets you a second-round draft choice, in fairness. Um and my guess is the Arizona Coyotes will get a number one from the 2020 draft for Darcy Camper. Won't have to wait till 2021. Seth Jarvis or Jack Quinn? One of those guys, my guess is, will be gone in the top ten. Possibly two. 1234 in Edmonton. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. And we bring aboard Brian Lawton. Uh, from the NHL Network, longtime NHL agent with Octagon, and uh, for a couple of years, the general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? Good. Thank you for uh, amending your schedule for us. As you know, uh, we had a uh, throne speech yesterday. It was a big day in Canada, and uh, they made a lot of promises. Uh, anyhow, I digress. <laughs> Uh, hey, what's what's that? What uh, you went two for two in your first round picks when you were GM and Tampa, eh? Oh yeah, we all look smart years later. Obviously, didn't do me any good, Bob. I'm here talking to you about it. <laughs> That's kind of how it works sometimes, isn't it? It is. It is. But no, I'm super happy for both Stamkos and Hedman. Great to see Stammer getting the game and uh, Hedy. You know, kind of solidifying himself as, you know, really the top D in the National Hockey League right now. This is a little bit of an exclamation point for what he's been able to do. Ten goals, ten assists, 22 games. 
uh, tied with some other really great players to do that as well. It's been incredible to watch. Uh, I mean, in Stamkos' case, he was the consensus number one in that 2008 draft. I was a draft by the year. The Oilers got Jordan Everly 22nd overall. I was a good pick. Uh, there was a run on defensemen, Dowdy, Bogosian, and Petrangelo. You could have even factored in Luke Shen, though I think everybody knew there might be some offensive limitations in this game. At any point, did you guys waver? Looking at a Dowdy or looking at Petrangelo as an example instead of Stamkos? No, not really. I got hired four days before that draft, and Jay Feaster ran the draft, to be fair to him. But one of the first questions when I got hired is, and I wasn't actually the general manager, I was more president of hockey ops, was who should we take or should we trade this pick? And in the end, uh, they had it exactly right. Stamkos was their guy. Drew Doughty, I had a lot of interest in, to be fair, back then. Uh, and you'd see some of that in my personality the next year when we took Hedman. I just believe when you have a really good forward and a really good D, it's not always as clear cut as you think, uh, particularly with how the game is played today. But in any event, uh, no, it was kind of always Stamkos. There was a little bit of chatter about maybe trading that pick because the Tampa Bay Lightning the year before or that year when they finished dead last in the league, it was an odd year in that the point totals weren't necessarily what we're seeing in today's game or the teams that finish at the bottom. They're not just bad. They're really bad. Well, the Tampa Bay Lightning weren't actually horrifically bad the year that they ended up picking first and getting Stamkos in 08. Hmm. So they weren't like Colorado 16-17 bad, Brian, is what you uh, say. No. All right, you got head. You got Hedman second overall in 2009. That was a good draft for the Lightning because I got panic as well. Turned out to be a decent NHL player. Um, again, as I mean, did you look at? Uh, there was a bunch of other forwards there in terms of Matthew Shane, Evander Kane, and Braden Shen. And did Ekman Larson factor in at any stage? Ekman Larson did for me. Believe it or not. Oliver was the one player that I thought had the highest ceiling offensively amongst all the defensemen in that draft. So I had a lot of interest in him. I had seen him in Fargo, the under-18 tournament that year, and he really impressed me. He was dynamic. In terms of our own draft list that year, the reality is that John Tavares was one, and Matt Duchesne was two, and Victor Hedman was three. Uh, When you're the GM of the club, and it's no different for any team. The GM is always going to reserve the right to, to align the list any way he sees fit at the end of the day. It's never really going to go past that first pick, and it's probably only going to happen when it's in the top five or ten. For me, I told the guys that year that go out, do your thing, you'll run the draft, but depending on where we pick, I may weigh in on the first choice. I, I never told anybody that until we got to the draft, uh, but I went to every meeting that year with our staff, um, and in the end, I just felt that uh, our staff was awesome. They did an amazing job, but I felt that Victor Hedman was the right guy for Tampa. So I overruled them. I told ownership maybe four or five days prior. I met with them, explained to them why I felt what I felt, Went to the draft, never said anything till we were there, met with the staff and said, look, we're not going to take Matt Duchesne if nothing changes between now and essentially uh, a couple days from now. And would that you was have, it. 
So, you, have- you know, it's one of those calls you got to make. It's your responsibility if you're the GM. Well, it turned out to be, I mean, the guy's won a Norris trophy. <laughs> you know, like it's... Yes. Like it, the, yes. the pick obviously, Pan. And, and now let me ask you this. Did you have Tavares? Would you have taken Hedman ahead of Tavares? To be honest with you, people have asked me that. And when we went to the lottery and ended up getting the second pick, I was disappointed because we, you know, we, we lost the lottery or the Islanders maintained their position and we were the second worst team that year. Um, I was never even remotely uncomfortable with that. I never got forced to have to make a decision. John Tavares was first on our list. I had some concerns about John skating. John yep. completely corrected that. He's had an awesome career. He's been an awesome player. I'm glad I never had to wrestle with that decision because I believe that you build your team from the blue line out in both directions. That's somewhat unique. I'm a former forward. It shouldn't be that way, but my experiences from playing are that you can win with a really good D and kind of a crappy group of forwards, but you cannot win with really good forwards and a crappy group of D. And when you look at what's going on, even now in the NHL, it's really hard to find six foot six, big mobile defensemen that can control a game and play up to 30 minutes if you need them to. So that, that's just the way I see the world. A lot of GMs think down the middle is where you got to build strength. Other people think in goal. For me, it's the blue line out. I'm a little predisposed to that. We're joined by Brian Lott. Brian, it, it's interesting uh, because the Lightning are in the position they're in. And right now, most people would suggest the Smythe Trophy winner is going to be Victor Hedman if Tampa Bay wins. And I don't know about you, but to me, Dallas looks like they're starting to spit the bit a bit here. Uh, they're taking some, they're getting frustrated. They're taking some bad penalties. Uh, Tyler Sagan, I'm wondering whether or not the bubble has gotten a guy like Sagan, who's a bit of a free spirit. Uh, he's, he, he, you know, he's probably playing with an injury, but so are a lot of guys. Just an interesting, you know, sort of. Like, do you think Dallas can turn this around, or do you think this is going down a path where Tampa Bay is going to win the Cup? Um, I think your analysis is, is dead on in terms of they're showing some signs of fatigue. Clearly, uh, Dallas has had a great playoff run. They've lost a couple other games by three goals, essentially, which was the margin, but they haven't had a beatdown like that one last night. And they haven't really – it hasn't even really been a very back-and-forth – series thus far through three three games it's been more of you know dallas established what they wanted to do in the first game and they kind of ran with things and dominated for the most part tampa had a good third period and tampa came back and were able to build off of that third period and establish what they wanted to do and it was a pretty easy win last night dallas had one small run maybe after it was 2 nothing, But other than that, Tampa kind of dominated. So I'm hoping that we get more to that up-and-down, back-and-forth action. Um, but right now, it's been who's ever been in control has kind of held that. Score first, to win the game, uh, things like that. It's been, it's been a strange series. I, Dallas is definitely showing somewhere. Uh, Miro Haskinen, for me, who I think is a top-five defenseman in the NHL, showed some warts last night and it's not unexpected he's a young guy he's an incredible player uh but it looked like a moment where he was right on the edge of being overwhelmed and we haven't seen that he's been incredible in these playoffs 
Uh, Steven Samkos, you drafted him. Unique situation last night. Do you think we'll see him again in the series? Uh, honestly, I am literally going down to rewatch every second of his three minutes he played last night. I had a in one of my notes from the game that I thought I saw something where he tweaked something again. Yeah. Uh, my my thoughts off the cuff are no. I don't think if he does dress again, it won't be where he plays, you know, more than five minutes. I'm not sure he can withstand it. I think it's a great story. I think they've used it and gotten every mile out of it with Stammer in terms of gamesmanship. But uh, I don't think so, particularly with these back-to-backs on the slate next. We're joined by Brian Lawton, who uh, was the general manager for the Tampa Bay Lightning when they drafted both Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman. He's with the NHL Network now, longtime NHL uh, top agent in the business with Octagon. Uh, Octagon represents Leon Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Dreisaitl's the league's MVP. Edmonton has Connor McDavid. And you just said uh, some people believe you build down center. Uh, or you, you believe you, you, you gotta, you gotta build through the D, go through the D, which might put Minnesota in a good position. We'll get to that in a second. But just on Edmonton, and I know you've spoken in the past, you can see two of the Oilers top four D right now being traded. Where are you at with Broberg and Bouchard? Is there a reason for, and, and perhaps Semarukov, is there a reason for optimism for Oilers fans? That uh, that they've got guys coming defensively from your perspective that would integrate and fit the bill uh, for a potential, you know, elite team down the road. Uh, everybody that has two players that fit the narrative of Broberg and Bouchard will pump the heck out of how excited they are for the future. In the Oilers' case. I actually really, honestly, I don't care what city I'm doing this radio interview in, I believe it's real for them. I believe Evan Bouchard is a tremendous athlete. Um, I think he reminds me of some other guys. It's not uncommon to take a little bit longer as a defenseman. Hasn't been very long, but in today's age with media and how much fans hear and know about players, it probably feels like it for them. But I think he's real, and I think so is Broberg. I think he's exploding right now over in Europe. And if we were there, I think everybody would probably feel that way. So super excited about those guys. Not as excited. Not excited enough to say, though, that I expect them to be playing for the Oilers when we restart next season and have a big impact. I'm not saying Bouchard won't play, but I think he still needs more of a transition period. That may be painful for fans to hear out there. They may be throwing radios out the window right now, for all I know, Bob. But uh, you got to be patient. And the Oilers have the best general manager in the National Hockey League in terms of being patient. Ken Holland knows that. He's lived by it. Everybody talks about it, but his actions back it up. So that makes what do you do in the short term the number one question for Edmonton Oiler fans out there. And that is not an easy challenge right now with where we're at with the salary cap. Um, do you see any similarities between Ryan Pollock and Evan Bouchard? I see a lot. You know, these are you know, he's a guy that yeah, it it took him a while to get where he's at. Um, but now that he's there 
I'd say the New York Islanders are pretty darn happy about it. May not have been quick enough for the fans, but the reality is that uh, the New York Islanders are going to be significantly better off for years to come because of the patience, not only that they showed with Pulak, who's 25 now, but also Adam Pellick, who's 26. You know, these guys, they came in with a lot of fanfare, worked their way through the system. They're meaningful players that will play the next uh, seven, eight years minimum for the New York Islanders. Well, just so the listeners are aware, uh, Pollock was drafted 15th overall in 2013. Uh, Bouchard was drafted 10th overall in 2018. Uh, he's a late birth date when he was drafted. Bouchard is a late birth date. Uh, Pollock is six foot two, 217. Might be a little bit bigger than that now. Uh, Bouchard is six foot three, 215 pounds. They're both right shots. And Pollock played three full seasons in the American Hockey League after returning to junior, uh, the year after he was drafted. So Bouchard just finished his first year in the minors. And it was a decent year, albeit one that was cut off. I just, I, I've had a couple people suggest to me, Brian, they think there's a strong similarity between those two players. And part of it was that neither player looked particularly explosive as a skater. But you have another thing that you do uh, as part of the scouting work that you do when you prep for the NHL draft. You talk to the players that play against those guys, right? And what sort of reports did you get on Bouchard from his peers? Um, from players that played against him and with him, uh, the word is that this guy is, it doesn't matter what sport in the world you want to play. And if he's never played it before, he'll be the best person on the hockey team. You want to play basketball, you want to throw a football, you, you want to hit a, a baseball, it doesn't matter. He's just that much of an all-around athlete. Can be... Uh, you know, the, the the biggest comment I'd say on him, you know, from a scouting perspective is that sometimes the body language isn't quite as strong as you'd like it to be. I've heard all kinds of rumors about he played a ton of minutes back in junior. He ran the show. You know, he hasn't acclimatized to the fact that at the NHL level, you're playing absolutely 110% every shift. And if you can't do that, it doesn't matter how good you are. That's just part of the maturation process for him. I think that he's well on his way to getting there. And uh, I hear from other players that he played against, because I do use that as an important part of evaluating people, very, very frustrating guy to play against. Good to hear. Not easy. Uh, one final one for you. Uh, the, the decision was made by Marcus Leto and Acme and Yessa Poliarvi not to play in the NHL last year. Uh, Poliarvi played in Finland. I know some people would sit there and marvel at the numbers in Finland. I don't think it's on the same par of some of the other European leagues, uh, like the KHL or like Sweden. Does there come a point, uh, and Poliarvi's uh, Marcus Leto, Acme is now with uh, Jeff Jackson and Wasserman, the Oilers have a new general manager, a new coach. Does there come a point where the agent has to get the player back to North America? I think so. I think that, uh, you know, they were pretty firm, not going to play in Edmonton. That's it. It's over. you got to trade him. Whoops. Ken Holland didn't find a deal he liked. He's under no obligation to trade him. He exercises his right as he rightfully should. And, uh, you know, the player wants to come back. And the agency was hoping that he would get moved. Moved. Expect
expecting he would get moved. That didn't happen. They'd be foolish not to look at the changes that have happened to the Oilers since when he was unhappy to where he is today. And more than anything, they'd be foolish not to recognize that Jesse went back and had a really productive year. Uh, He will be much better equipped to come back and have an impact now than he was previously. And that's enough to change the dynamic of what happened. So, um, yes, absolutely, I think that's a possibility. I actually think if I were his agent, I would be strongly urging him to do that, assuming that the Oilers are going to give him a guaranteed one-way contract, which I do think they would do. What would be a fair price for a guy like that? On... It's not going to—it's it's not going to be over a million bucks. It might be at it, but you know, yeah. this is a good faith effort. You put a million bucks down for a guy, that's real money. Um, it doesn't matter who you are, and especially a guy that hasn't, you know, really built his career out yet. So, in the cap world, it would have real value for the Oilers as well. Any concern over? Look, he left. He didn't. He said he wasn't. You know, in terms of with his teammates, or do you think those sort of no, things can be? No, no, that can be bridged. Uh, none. none? No, I'm with you. No concerns over that. Okay. I just I don't see I don't see any concerns. Guys understand things happen when it comes to contract negotiations. Players understand. They completely understand. All they care about is can Yessi Pugliarvi come back, play for us, and help us win. If you can do that, you'll be 100% accepted. He didn't say anything uh, derogatory about any teammates, um, you know, about the city. Just uh, He handled it as well as he could. Sometimes it happens. It would be the right time to, uh, to get reacquainted, in my opinion, both parties. Good stuff. Brian, as always, we appreciate your time. Anytime, Bob. Thank you. From the NHL Network, the former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, the man who drafted, uh, and you heard him, uh, overruled the scouts. They were going to take Duchesne at number two in 2009, and he said, nope, we're taking Hedman. And in 2008, uh, Stamkos was by far the consensus number one going into that draft year. Uh, we will take a timeout. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you at 1254 in Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.55 in Edmonton, Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. Brian Lawton just on the show. Brian was the Oilers Now headliner for touchback safety. Touchback remains open for training, taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. We'll also tell you the guests on our show received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open from Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. You can head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. We'll get to some texts on our Ashley Fine Floors text line in a second, but off to the injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown, they want you to stay safe and stay positive back at the 630 Chet Studios, Brendan 
Escott. Well, we heard about it. Stephen Stamkos did make a, somewhat of a surprise return last night and scored on his only shot of the game. Played two minutes and 47 seconds and then watched the rest of the game in the locker room or on the bench. He spoke after saying that he played essentially as much as he could. We will see what happens from here. Alex Radulov on the other side of things left the game as well. He whiffed on a body check, crashed into the boards. His status for tomorrow's uh, game four is now murky as well. And Blake Como, you'll remember he got uh, he got a big check from Ryan McDonough in game two. Missed the game last night, presumed upper body injury, and Nick Camano was the one that took his spot in the lineup. And they don't have uh, Radic Faxa, and that is actually a. I don't. I doubt Dallas would trade him. I've always liked that player. Big physical third line center. They're missing him right now. To the Ashley Fine Floor text line at 7804960063. I agree with Brian uh, Lawton. Patience will mean a championship for the team in the near future. Another texter has said, Bob, one thing, Tampa Bay got to leave a bubble in Toronto and go into another one here. So mentally, it may have been ref- uh, refreshing for them to come here where Dallas has been in the same place for two months. Um uh, <laughs> this text comes in from the paddle boat. Love the handle. Uh, direct quote from uh, Brian uh, Lott saying, I think you can win with really good D and crappy forwards. And that is why the Oilers need to go hunting for number one defenseman, be it Oliver ekman Larson, Petrangelo, or Ekblad from the paddle boat. And again, you can text us 780-496-0063. Okay. Uh, the game today is what car does Brian Lawton drive? BMW is our guess from the crew on the pipeline near Edson. Well, guys, hope you're staying safe uh, up there. I spent uh, 1990, a bit of time near Hinton. There was a lake about 15 kilometers sort of out of town uh, on the way towards uh, Jasper. You turn right off the highway there, Highway 16. Uh, again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. For me, it's uh, an F-150 for my friends at Brent Ridge Ford. So there you have it. Uh, <laughs> oh, the conspiracy theorists are out. There you have it. Again... No, uh, 780-496-0063. Mike says, Bob, what's your thoughts about signing Mike Hoffman as a free agent? Might be the shooter to play with McDavid. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Mike Mike Hoffman's bad year for him to become a free agent. I think he's going to be cheap. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if three and a half to four and a half million dollars. 1259 off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack when we return on Oilers Now 105. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.